Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message. Well, again, welcome to uh, Refuge this morning. So glad to see you guys. Um, getting close to Christmas time. Everybody ready? Woo! Santa Claus and come and see somebody. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you have your Bible this morning, why don't you grab it and let's go to John chapter 15. If you were here with us last week, uh, we dealt with the second week of Advent, which was peace. And uh, we went through John chapter 14, and so upon further review of John, I just thought I'd continue on with that uh, wonderful book. Um, so you could blame it on some of the guys that I, I uh, mentor during the week. We go through John, and uh, it's their fault, all right? So uh, I just like the book of John. Maybe we'll make it a series one day. Who knows? It'd be a long series, though. Y'all have to commit to it, all right? But anyway, okay, here we go. <laughs> So what I want to do today is talk about the third week of Advent and uh, what we just mentioned uh, a few moments ago, which was um, joy. Now, this is uh, a good one to go through, especially in our world today. I think we could use a little bit more joy. Um, how many of you could use a little bit more joy in your life? A couple of you. The ones that didn't raise your hand, the person beside you was wondering, why didn't you raise your hand? Because you sure could use some joy in your life. <laughs> uh, so that's what I want us uh, to do. So, so remember, if you were with us last week, I want you to remember this. If not, uh, that's why you should come to church every week, right? Um, that's why I want to see you every week, okay? I ain't going to give you the guilt. It's just I love you that much. Um, but remember the context of what's happening in one of Jesus's, uh, well, actually, this is his final, um, we'll call it dissertation, teaching to his disciples. Uh, and remember what happened before he started talking about uh, the peace was he, he invoked into his disciples some anxiety, right? So anxiety was at the birth of this long teaching because Jesus told them he was leaving them. You remember this, right? So Jesus told them, I'm leaving you. Yeah. And the boys got a little freaked out. And Peter's like, I, I want to go with you, Jesus. And Jesus is, no, 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 you'll come later. I'm about to leave, and so he gives them uh, an incredible teaching uh, that we're going to just continue on with uh, this morning, all right? So John chapter 15, and this is, this is rather long, but you'll be okay, okay? This is why we come to church anyway, to hear the word of the Lord, all right? Amen. So here we go, Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1, I've given you plenty of time to get there, but if you're there, give me, I'm a there. I'm a there. I'm a there, all right, that's Hughley slang, all right? Hear the word of the Lord this morning. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So here's Farmer Jesus, all right? I like Farmer Jesus. I've always pictured Jesus to be like a landscape kind of guy, and I just want to hire him, you know? I like him. He's, he's Jesus, he's, he's filling them with more encouragement, 
<laughs> I didn't catch that. Did you hear what he just said? If you ain't producing fruit, I'll cut you. If you are producing fruit, I'll prune you. All right? Can we give Jesus a hug, please? This is not encouraging right now. So Jesus is using agricultural references because they would have understood this reference. And, uh, and so it's just Jesus being relevant. All right, if Jesus were here today, he'd probably talk about, I don't know, entertainment or something stupid. Okay, but that's something relevant, I should say, not stupid, uh, because agricultural things are not stupid. I enjoy them uh, myself. But here is Jesus, Farmer Jesus, talking to his boys, all right, Farmer Boys. They're not just fishermen. I'm just going to make this point. I'll move on. I know some of you are like, can you please get to your point? I'm going to get to it in just a moment. These aren't just fishermen, these disciples, okay, because this was an agrarian society that they lived in. And so farming was, if they were not uh, directly involved with it, they knew about it, okay? Wow. Just think technology today. If you don't know about it, if, you don't, if you're not involved with it, you at least know about it, okay? So this is why Jesus is using this. I'll move on, okay? Verse 3, you are already clean because of the, world, because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. And I want you to hear some repetition going on in here. Neither can you unless uh, you remain in me. Uh, I am the vine, and you're the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch, and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my word remains in you, this is the story that goes on and on. And yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Some people started hearing it. Y'all remember that song? It's like this continued repetition that never ends. Jesus is going uh, full-out repetition. Um, my father, verse 8, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Amen. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Here we go again. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands and will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, verse 11, uh, a key verse for us this morning. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants anymore because of a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed Amen. you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the name, the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. Amen. All right. I'm going to take a breath, okay? This is, this is incredible, and this is very incredible for us today, okay? And there's one point I just want to make uh, in all of this, and that is that um, remaining in Jesus, obeying Jesus, and sacrificing for Jesus 
is all directly connected to joy. Amen. I want to say that one more time so that we all kind of get this in our hearts this morning. That remaining, the overly used word remain, right? Remaining, obeying, and sacrificing is directly linked to the joy that Jesus has for you this morning. Remaining, obedience, and sacrifice. Now, this is incredibly useful for us, uh, especially in our society, because this is going to be very different than what uh, the world wants to present to you, because the world wants to present to you its faux image of joy, right? Which is just a happiness without pain. That's the cultural viewpoint of a worldly joy. It's happiness without pain. Now, the problem with that is it doesn't work. Because you can pursue all pleasures that this life has, and you're either going to just still feel uh, like you have this longing for more, or you're just going to be unsatisfied, right? And so this is what the world presents to you, what their, ha- what their joy is. It's a happiness without, without pain. Amen. Now, here's a staggering fact for us this morning in how worldly joy does not work. All right, this is how I know this is true. Ten years ago, according to research, 8% of the population was dealing and being medicated for some type of anxiety issue. Here we are ten years later, just ten years later, that number has risen to 20%. Do the math. That's 40 million Americans, with a lot of that number including 17, 18 and 19-year-olds are having to be treated for some type of anxiety. So let me ask you the question again. Does worldly joy work? I, I would suggest that it just doesn't. How that we have more entertainment, we have so many concerts we can go to, we have all of these movies, we have all access to movies. We have Netflix. We have all of these things on our, at the fingertips on our phone. And yet we find ourselves in a culture of anxiety because I, I thought the pleasures that the technology would give me would help me. I, I thought it would make me more happy. I thought buying the nice house, uh, I didn't buy the nice house, uh, but I thought buying the nice house, proverbially, right, I'm speaking in an end to existence, amen? Um, just went a little word of faith on you, but uh, rebuke me later, okay? Uh, but I thought that um, buying the nice house was going to fulfill me, but the problem is, is that I played the one-up game. Somebody else bought a better house, and so what do I got to do? Oh, no, you don't know me, okay? And maybe, maybe that's a little extreme, but we do that with clothes, we do that with everything. Oh, you got the new iPhone? Well, I'm going to get the new iPhone. For, and, and just for reference, I'm not going into a debt for a phone, okay? I just want to let you all know that. If it works, it works. So, so I, I have come to the conclusion, and this is just me and my cultural observance, that worldly happiness without pain does not give me everlasting joy. Jesus Amen. said that I want you to have my joy, not the world's joy. Because that is a faux imitation that will lead you down a path of unsatisfaction. That you will constantly be searching for something else to fill that void 
in your life. Jesus is giving us a remedy to the question that we all have, which is how can I have joy? And Jesus said that I'll give you my joy, that my joy will be inside you, not the world's joy, but my joy. Because joy is different than happiness. You know that, right? Like, I want you to be happy. We don't need no sour-faced, moody Christians. I thought I'd have an amen right there, but that's okay. You guys were just processing what I just said. We don't need more disgruntled Christians. Because we got enough of those. I ain't talking about y'all. Y'all are all happy and joyous. <laughs> Amen? You're happy, okay? Right? Just, it's like I'm trying to force you into being happy. But we are joyful, right? So I'm not talking about y'all. Unless I am. But happiness is a problem because that is, that is a feeling. And, and when something bad happens, the feeling of happiness leaves quickly. But joy is on, on very different because it's not based off of circumstances. Yeah. So despite the pain, I have joy. And so here's how Jesus tells us we can have joy. Laced right in all of that scripture that I just read you. It has everything to do with three components. Remaining, obedience, and sacrifice. How you have joy in your life, Jesus gives you the answer remaining obedient and sacrifice. So, so let's, let's talk about remaining because I, I got to go back to farmer Jesus here because he's giving them this, uh, this, this horticultural, this agricultural reference. And, and when they would have heard remaining, what they would have heard was grafting. How many of you know what grafting is uh, in, in the realm of uh, horticulture? Okay, a couple of you. I'm going to teach you what it is. And if I don't make sense, what I would tell you is just to Google it, <laughs> okay? Because I've never done grafting, but I looked it up. looks easy enough. I'm going to try it, okay? Here's what grafting does. Here's what you do with a plant. So, so you cut a, a healthy part of the plant to like this little V-shape, and then you, you connect it to an already cut root system or trunk. All right, and so you attach it, and then all of a sudden what the science is, I don't really understand. I was terrible in science. Uh, they, they formed this type of connection, and then what you do is you get a rope and you tighten it together, and suddenly you have created this grafted system here, right? This is carefully cut and carefully placed into the root system. So this is the language that Jesus is using. God's pretty cool, isn't he? You guys catching this? Let me, let me tell you some of the benefits because I know some of you are like, well, what are the benefits of grafting, Pastor? I'm glad you asked Be, because, because I thought I would, you're not interested, but I'm interested and you're going to be interested with me and we're going to all um, say amen. Uh, now, now listen, uh, because I looked this up because this is what you do when you plan a sermon, you research. Uh, I looked up some of the benefits of grafting and I thought that we could all really find this useful. Uh, it makes the plant more sturdy. How about that? Uh, it, it actually helps it become disease and pest resistant. Um, it gives it access to a better root system that will actually heal it quicker when damaged. And here's a good one. Um, 
maybe God knows what he's doing. I don't know. It produces more fruit. Here's what one site that I, that I found. It was, I don't know. I thought they were preaching a sermon, and then I realized it wasn't. Um, it said this, that if you find a superior tree, grafting allows the efficient creation of thousands of trees with those exact superior characteristics. Why does Jesus say remain a thousand times in this passage? Because he wants you to get connected to him. He wants you to be grafted, locked in, not just associated with him, but connected to him. How can I have joy in a world of anxiety? I stay grafted, connected with my creator. I stay grafted and connected with the source of all joy. So notice this. So you're cut, right? You're, you're cut away from your old life. And then, and then you are rooted and you are grafted into this superior creator so that now you can produce fruit. Grafting is a sermon, Okay. And I thought I'd have a little bit more than just one or two amens right there because I thought that was good when I was researching this. It at least made me say amen out loud, and I wouldn't even preach it. (laughs) Jesus uses this language because he wants them to understand that real joy is produced when you are grafted into the Creator, that you produce fruit, the Spirit the fruits of the Spirit, and how you do that, how you have joy in your life, is that you're grafted. You're connected to the Creator, to God. And here's what Jesus is telling them. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected. Remain in me. Stay connected. Remain in me. I mean, it's like, like Jesus is a broken record. I mean, if I would have heard him say remain one more time, like, we get it. Right? But Jesus wants to use this this language over and over again because he knows the tendencies of our heart is to want to detach ourselves from him. And the moment we detach ourselves from the source of all life, we go chasing after our own desires. It just leads us down a path of destruction. How do we have joy? We remain. All right? Here's how how we also have joy. He says in, in one of these many verses that I read in verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Obeying Jesus is also directly related to joy. <coughs> Obeying Jesus because we're grafted and we're attached to him and, and this has everything to do with joy because, and, and I just got to beat this broken record as Jesus is br- beating the record of, broken record of remaining. That when you are obeying your own self, okay. when you're following after, when you're obeying your, as if you are the own authority in your life, <laughs> my friends, that does not produce joy in your life following after a path as you as the authority that, that I obey my desires, I obey my, what my wants are. 
Isn't that indicative of the culture that we live in? This is what our culture wants to throw at you. Whatever makes you satisfied, whatever makes you happy, just follow after your desires. But here, what joy is related to is not after your desires, it's after being obedient to what Christ wants for you. What is the will of the Father for you? That's the question you have to ask. Not what is my own will, what is my own purpose, because you will not find your purpose and joy when you are in pursuit of your own desires. You won't find it there. But when you get grafted in Jesus, you get grounded in him and connected with him, you find that joy. Here's the other command that he gives. Verse 12, look at verse 12. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Here's here's how you, um, here's how we all can identify with this, that here's how we could all have joy is, is when we start giving ourselves away. The pursuit of things, the pursuit of happiness does not give you the joy that Christ gives us. Amen. The, um, the, the prophet uh, says that I've climbed the highest mountain and I've run through the fields. I've scaled these city walls, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. He's not a prophet, by the way. He's Bono, anybody? Nobody listens to you two anymore? What is wrong with you? Our culture is doomed. So much for relevance. I'm not Jesus, right? You pursue things, you have them all, but you sacrifice for yourself for what? To gain more power? To gain more wealth? To gain more in relationships? Only to find that you still have an emptiness in your heart. If you want to experience real, lasting joy, then give yourself away. Lay down yourself for someone. Fight for something that matters eternally. There was a, um, a missionary. Y'all know I like stories about missionaries. This, I wanted his name, but my last name is Thrower. This last name is Stud. Dad, like, why couldn't our last name be Stud? That'd be pretty awesome. There's Stud. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, walking in, wouldn't that be? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> C.T. Stud. Charles Thomas Stud. One day when somebody was asking if he was a believer, and he's like, yeah, I'm a believer. And he noticed that his heart just began to just drift away, and one day he listened to a, fiery sermon by Dwight L. Moody. His heart was so convicted by what the pastor was saying. And so C.T. Studd, about two years after that sermon, just began to share his faith and give his life away. And in so much, he decided to move to China. Now, I ain't moving to China, y'all, all right? Send me to, like, Italy. Don't send me to China. Here's... <laughs> guy also going to meet with another missionary 
Hudson Taylor. While he's there, he learns the way of Chinese culture. Now, C.T. Studd was about to inherit a lot of money. But as he began to read his Bible, he, he found a principle that we all kind of use in monetary ways where C.T. Studd said, if, if I give, then I know God will bless me a hundredfold. And so he said, I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to donate all of my money. And this was a lot of money, okay? He donates it to orphanages and he donates it to different missionaries around the world. And while he's there, his brother became ill. So he sends for his brother to come meet him where he is. His brother recovers, and his brother's not a believer, but C.T. begins to share his faith, and his brother receives Christ. And it's written that C.T. said that my hundredfold just happened, not in monetary ways, but a soul is now grafted into the kingdom. Amen. This man gave everything, and he sacrificed it, and then he moved to uh, the Middle East, and then he ends up in Africa, and and, and C.T. Is, was said that on his dying bed, the last word he said was hallelujah. And there in Congo were 50 missionaries and almost 2,000 natives there. Amen. You know why? Because he sacrificed everything he had. I love one of the quotes that he said. He said, many will find their joy in a church building, but I'd rather be found about a yard away from the gates of hell, setting up a rescue shop. This man died with hallelujah on his lips because he had joy. You know how he had joy? Because he saw the sacrifice of a Savior, and he said, if my Savior has sacrificed it all for me, what? Why do I want to gain more from this world when I can give it all away? I'm not suggesting that you give all of your money away. We're not about to take up an offering, all right? So calm down. <laughs> but what I just want to ask you this morning is, what are you willing to sacrifice in your life? You will not ever experience the eternal joy that Christ is offering here in this passage if you cannot separate yourself from your own desires and be willing to sacrifice for something with eternal significance. I could give you story after story of missionaries and men and pastors and, and, and lay people all across the world right now who are giving themselves for the gospel because they understand that their joy is not found in this world, but is only found in Christ. Remember now, here's Jesus in this context talking about joy, but Jesus knows that he's about to get arrested and he's about to die. I mean, how can you have a conversation uh, basically around somebody's deathbed? But all right, everybody, let's have joy. That's disrespectful, isn't it? Someone about to die, and you're like, joy to the world, right? I mean, that's his, right? You missed my singing, so I wanted to give it a little bit to you. Um, right? So, so, so how, why? Why is Jesus talking about this? It's crazy. He just got through talking about peace and now joy. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says that here in view Christ with the joy 
set before him on his way to the cross. Think about that. that here's Jesus on his way to being persecuted, on his way to have a criminal's cross, has joy set before him. How is it that he could have joy in his view with suffering and pain right at his feet? How can we experience this joy? The joy that Jesus had in view was the redemption of the world. The joy that Jesus had was the sacrifice. How can we have joy? We sacrifice. Now, now, now this fruit, this, this fruit that Jesus is telling us that we will bear when we're grafted into him, this joy isn't just for you to consume because have you ever seen a tree eat its own fruit? Have you? It's not meant for the tree's consumption to partake of its own fruit. Likewise, it is not for you to partake in this fruit that God is producing in you. This is what sacrificing is, that the joy God gives you is to be given away. How can we have joy in a world of anxiety? How can we have joy this Advent season? How can we have joy in our life beyond Christmas? We need to get grafted in our Creator. You get connected to Jesus, the sustainer of life. We need, to, we need to abide in him, obey his words, sacrifice. Kind of ends this on a, a downer. He's like, you know, the world, they hate me, they'll hate you too. I'm like, dang, why is Jesus so hostile in here, you know? I bet it got really hot in the room. Like, thanks, Jesus. I think there, there's something to be said of this. When Jesus is saying, like, listen, when you are obedient to me and you're sacrificing, people will not understand at all. They won't understand what you're doing for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel, and they'll hate you for it. But just remember, they hated him. So if you're going to be hated, can we be hated for a good reason? Yep. Amen. I needed to amen myself right there because I thought that was, that was for me. If I want to be hated, I'm going to be hated for the right reason. If we as a church are going to be hated, this is not the most encouraging word ever. (laughs) But perhaps if we are going to be hated, can we be hated for the right reason? Which is abiding, obeying, and sacrificing. Let's pray this morning. Father, Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.